Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the 21 News Podcast. New regulations are set to take effect in Ohio that it will include limiting the number of people allowed inside stores. The move is designed to limit crowds of people from congregating together and spreading the virus. With me today is State Senator and well-known Valley Grocer, Mike Ruley, and Senator Thank you for being with us, Mike. And, Mike, first thing I'll ask you is, how will these new restrictions affect a average trip to the grocery store for a person, and do you anticipate lines outside of the building? Well, I think, you know, uh, in the last two or three weeks, I probably have talked with more grocers in the area than I have in the last 10 years. So a lot of us have already been comparing different notes on safety that we can do. Uh, like an example, about a month ago, my brother Mark bought over 80,000 pairs of gloves. So in the morning, we suggest every single customer put on a brand new pair of gloves, and when you're done shopping, throw the gloves apart. Yeah, we all have plexiglass shields at every single register that you're able to actually, you know, protect your cashiers from any interaction with the customer. And then throughout the store, we have several different cleaning stations. We have signs and we have markings on the floor for social distancing. We have safety zones around the meat and the deli counters. We make, we make hourly, if not every half hour announcements about social standing. Uh, there's a lot of things that all the grocers and I are all doing to promote the safety factors of shopping in the store. And something that we started about an hour, well, I bet you it's been about a week and a half now. In the morning, to prevent an onslaught of too many people going through the front door, we have spacing outside the door, and we only let customers in one at a time. And then this way, you let a customer in, you let them make sure that the the, the basket they're shopping off of is going to be sanitized. You get them a brand new pair of gloves, get them a nap, let them start shopping, and then about you know three to five minutes, the next customer comes in. Now, the only problem is it takes about a good half hour to 45 minutes to let that rush come through because you're going one at a time, but you're forcing the social distancing, and that, that's a good thing. Now, the governor had a brand new thing come out yesterday where he wants to limit the amount of people that are actually coming in the store. Well, you know, the, the governor is uh, he, he's finally reaching out to some of us grocers that are on the front line, you know, guys that are actually working every day, such as myself. So he wants to limit the amount of number. How do you come up with that number? That's a very difficult thing to do. But we've actually started developing a formula for it. So you have to imagine every grocery store that you shop in has a different square foot compared to everyone else. Even the two stores that I own are different in uh, square footage. So when you have different square footage, when you first get your occupancy license, you get that actually from the county. And when along with that, you'll have the fire department, which will give you a maximum occupancy of that square footed building. Now, that number tends to be a little bit high, okay? So say, like, if you're looking at my Austin Town store, I think the fire marshal has us, you know, six, 700, somewhere around there. So what most of our grocers are doing is we're taking that number and we're knocking off about 20% off of that number. So that's going to be the established number that we set. Right now, it's such an overwhelming equation 
to try to go through the thousands of grocery stores that are in Ohio. The governor's sort of counting on this partnership with the grocers and the governor for us to come up with that formula. So most of the grocers are already on board. And especially when you have that letting the customers in just one at a time, it's sort of working its way out and you're sort of limiting the amount of people that could come through. And I know it's it's that's got to be a tough adjustment because you're really doing it on the fly. It seems like you guys personally have kind of taken that extra step to be ahead of the curve. But with those news re- new restrictions, I should say, uh, do you think this is a chance to maybe catch up on stock in that sense? Maybe is that a positive that comes out of that? Yeah, I mean, everything has a positive lining. You know, one of the things that he suggested about, I think it was, you know, he has these daily press conferences, so you never, he never gives you a heads up on what he's going to announce to you. And I, I understand how busy he is. I actually know him personally, and he's an amazing person. But, like, last week he says, well, I really would appreciate any business that's open if you could designate hours for uh, either, uh, you know, anyone that's 60-plus or someone that has, you know, a special need, whether you're on chemotherapy or maybe you suffer from asthma. So I know with our company, and ironically, I talked about three or four of my competitors who are competitors slash friends. A lot of that's, – that's a good thing that's coming out of this. I'm actually becoming friends with all my competitors, which is, is, is the silver lining. But all of us have designated certain times that elderly people or people with a, a jeopardized uh, immune system could come in and shop and have a little bit of extra space and a little bit of extra time and have a little bit of security, you know, to make them feel comfortable. So, you know, it, this is a work in progress. Uh, we're all in this together. And uh, it, it's interesting. And I do think you, I think. Even here's another thing. The governor asked if we could shorten our hours. So all of us shorten our hours. Well, you know, maybe that hurts your bottom line, but I tell you what it did do. It helped the morale of the, of the employees. You know, now the employees are getting home an extra couple hours early, and that's giving them a little chance to recuperate and, you know, to get a little bit of R&R and get ready for the next day. Because, hey, we're the last line. You know, when you shut down the whole state, which is where we're living in, we're living in a shutdown economy. You know, Ohio has 500,000 people last week and this week filing for unemployment. So they can't go sit down at a restaurant anymore. They can only get carry out and they have grocery stores. I mean, you need that because the bottom line is you have to feed Ohioans. You're absolutely right. And do you find that those people, um, just over the last couple of weeks and even now, do you find them panic buying? And if so, I mean, should they be concerned about shortages in the supply chain? as this crisis kind of wears on week after week? That's an excellent question. So the panicking buying did happen, but that was more along the lines of March 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. Really, you saw panic buying from the day that he closed the schools, and then the panic buying went all the way until when he shut down the entire state, which I think was right after uh, – St. Patrick's Day. And I mean, when I mean panic buying, every grocer will tell you the same things. If you did X amount of dollars in sales on one day, triple it. And I'm talking for 10 days. Now, that's sort of quit. People are are shopping regular now. The only problem with the supply lines, like when you go in the grocery stores, you're going to go to the meat counters and the deli counters and the produce, and you're going to see everything. 
They're going to have, I mean, every, I don't think there's an item in produce that I'm out of right now. And the same goes with the, uh, the bakery and the meat department and the deli. Those supply, the supply uh, trains are perfect. The lines are strong, even milk and eggs. And now all the, the bakers, the bread, everything's back to where it was. But there still is a major problem in the cleaning supplies, like Lysol. We had a truck coming yesterday. I got six cases of Lysol. I ordered 72 cases of Lysol. Those six cases of Lysol were gone in one hour. I got 42 cases of toilet paper. I ordered 250 cases of toilet paper. That toilet paper was gone by lunch. So you still see certain items, like I mentioned, Lysol, toilet paper, uh, the bleach wipes, uh, hand sanitizer, uh, dial pump soap. Those things are still hotcakes. If, if it comes in your store, it's usually gone before sunset. And uh, we need to fix that. That is a major problem, especially when you have the governor going on every day telling you to use it. Now, if somebody's listening to this, I strongly suggest there's nothing better than good old-fashioned Clorox. Get a half cup, put it in a bucket of water. If you have a spray bottle, put that mixture in the spray bottle and use that. The only problem with using that is if you have something in your house that has a sensitivity, like a, a wood that maybe has a stain on it or a certain kind of plastic, you've got to be careful because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to destroy, uh, you know, your beautiful house. So you've got to be careful with that. Uh, but as far as countertops go and doorknobs go, get some paper towels, squirt that Clorox mix on that paper towel and wipe everything down. And I, I suggest people do that two or three times a day in your house. And also your car, your steering wheels, your doorknobs, all the, all the things that you touch every day, you want to sanitize it all day long. Well, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And now I want to kind of shift to your role as a senator and the moves the state has made to kind of limit the spread of the virus. They're obviously necessary, but they come with this steep cost. Now, what does the legislature need to do moving forward to see the state through to the other side of this? Well, we passed that bill last week, and that was an exceptional bill. I think it, it, was, it was a House bill, okay? So the House wrote it, and they created it, and then the Senate put a couple extra things in there, and that did a lot, and that was passed actually last Wednesday. And I, I think, I believe it's, it's House Bill 197. And what that did is that cleared up a lot of red tape that was going to be involved in filing unemployment. And that was probably, in my opinion, the most crucial aspect of it. It all also addressed the voting. So now you could do everything by mail for safety's sake. We're doing it all by mail for safety's sake. So we don't want to jeopardize those poll workers. And then it also prevented your water from getting shut off. Because, you know, right now a lot of people are hurting. we got a half million people filing for unemployment, so we don't want your water to be shut off. Because how are you supposed to wash your hands every hour if your water shut off? So we took care of that. We expediated uh, pa pandemic uh, daycare centers for the people that are on the front line so you could still have your kid in the daycare and it's done properly. So there were a lot of different procedures that were put into place in that bill to help us get through this virus. And then also I've been talking to uh, Rob Portman and Sherrod Brown and, uh, and even Tim uh, Ryan about the big stimulus, $2.2 trillion. Now we got to try to get that and to people's direct deposit. So I hope anyone that's listening filled out the paperwork with the IRS. Get them those routing numbers. We need to get that money back into your accounts. 
and a big point made there. And also, are you concerned, you know, what with what the impact is on the local governments and maybe as the state works to balance its budget while still spending whatever it takes to stabilize this economy? I mean, what can be done and also what can be done to make sure the roads still get paved? So how do you kind of justify all that? Well, the governor has made an exceptions for any road crew out there. He wants those potholes still to be fixed. He wants to make sure any kind of traffic lights are still working. He wants to make sure all those good things are happening. But like you mentioned, everything does come as a cost. I am very, very worried. Uh, a lot of your listeners don't understand different things that happen, but we have a capital budget. And the capital budget is a four to seven billion dollar uh, budget that's in the state that we do on the off year from the big budget. Now the big budget's 143 billion dollars, and that's how the state runs. But in the off year, we do capital improvements. And there's so many projects that I was getting money for in the area, whether it's uh, Stanball Auditorium needs uh, you know a new a new uh, step system around its its, its building, uh, you know the Jewish Center needs a new security gate, uh, you know when you look at uh, Butler Institute of Art, they have uh, they need help with their HVAC, uh, the city of Youngstown needs help. We're trying to get them new trash trucks. All these different projects that we were it, glorious, wonderful projects that everybody was doing a, a bipartisan kumbaya to help the tri-county area, that's in serious jeopardy right now because, unfortunately, with nobody working, the state doesn't have any money. So um, we have to see when this virus, the apex is. In my heart of hearts, if Amy is right and the apex hits in about two, two and a half weeks, that means perhaps by mid-May we could get back to normal. And if we start getting back to normal in May, we might be able to save that capital budget. We might be able to get the economy jump-started so we don't ruin all of 2020. But you've got to put safety before you, you worry about the economics. You know, economics are important, but, you know, uh, every life in Ohio counts. I work for every Ohioan. I don't want to lose one person over this, and I know uh, we've already lost some people we all know, and it's just it's heartbreaking. You're absolutely right, and you talk about you know people being at home, people not having jobs, and unemployment in Ohio it's up by more than two thousand percent. I mean, just the valley alone. What help is there, or does there need to be help for them? Well, I think right now the, the biggest important thing that we can do is to get the two point two trillion dollars in everyone's hands immediately. And I think it's that $1,200 check. That'll help. And I think once that clicks in, and that, I'm, I'm being told that's supposed to be within the week to two weeks, that should be in people's accounts. That's why I stress anyone, living, anyone listening right now, go on that IRS site and make sure they have your routing numbers. You don't want to wait for the check. The check's going to be a delay. You won't get there for three or four weeks. The routing number should be immediate. Once that happens, we've got to see if we've already crossed that hump in the apex, we might be okay, but if not, we're going to have to come up with another plan, and uh, we'll be we'll be called back into Columbus to uh, to rework some money. The only problem is, like I said, there's no new money coming into the state right now, so the state's money is going to get really, really tight, and uh, we're going to start looking at that rainy day fund and see if we could tap into that. And lastly, I mean, is there a message? Because I mean, you're you're I mean, you're a prominent figure. I mean, you you know, I mean, you're huge, you know, and and your word. Uh, you know, people people want to hear that. What would you necessarily want to say to them, uh, maybe just over the next couple of weeks as we get through, like you said, the apex of this thing? 
Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked. It's, it's, you're asking terrific questions today. You know, this is a scary time, and we have to make sure we don't overreact. You know, I, I, I'm going to say a crazy thing. This is the first Easter in America's history that has ever been canceled. You can't go to church. So we're going to watch it online, and we're all going to have our ham dinner at home, and we're all going to we're going to try to be make the best of it. But even during the American Civil War and World War II, we never we never closed the churches. But this is something that we've never seen before. Now, when you look at the uh, Spanish flu of 1918, you know you had 50 million people die. The, the guys that are in power right now, and the, hey, this is Democrats and, and Republicans. I, you know, we we have a wonderful uh, uh, governor, Governor DeWine, who's a Republican, and you look at Governor Cuomo, who's a Democrat. You know, and the president's a Republican. They're all working together. You know, I know you'll you'll see a little pop shots here and there, but for the most part, we're all working together. And I think we all realize that we we're not seeing those numbers they saw in 1918. You know, I mean, it's a horrible thing that we've lost 6,000 people in America, but it's not 50 million. So when you're hurting, and I know you're hurting, and especially financially, I I, I see it in the stores. You know, people are really really hurting for money right now. And the thing about it is, you got to stay strong. We're almost there, you know. This, this, I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think this thing's going to go deep in the summer or in the fall. I mean, all the experts are saying the apex. Some people are saying the apex in New York State is right now, is this week and next week, and then Ohio. Well, you know, it, it went from east to west, so Ohio should be in the next, you know, two or three weeks. We should be apex, and once that happens. You know, we're going to start seeing the numbers dwindle, the new cases are going to dwindle, the deaths are going to dwindle. But that's only, you know why that's happening? That's happening because of what you're doing right now, staying home, not shaking hands, not, you know, not being stupid. Just you got to be smart about this. Washing the hands every hour, using the hand sanitizer, you know, uh, maybe watching Netflix, going in the backyard, following the rules and the regulations. We're going to get through this together. You know, if we could just hold on a little bit longer, we're going to do this. And you know what? The American resolve is so beautiful and so amazing. I have seen more love in these stores with all these regulations and these restrictions. These people are treating each other like gold. And you don't hear the complaining. You know, when you have a line, you know, spaced out, you know, all the way around my plaza, and I'm letting you in one at a time, and it might take you 40 minutes to just get through the front door, you would think people would be upset. They're very understanding, and they're very thankful, and they're glad that these health you know, uh, situations and these procedures are put into place. So, I mean, we're all in this together. And like you said, I mean, I don't think you could put it any better than that. You know, we're all in this together, and, and you know, that seems to be the one phrase that could sum up all this, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, and I hope everyone stays healthy. God bless you, and uh, we'll be all right, guys. Just hang in there.